Hi, I'm Stacey Brown Randall, author of Generating Business Referrals Without Asking and creator of Building a Referrable Business. You are listening to the Relationship and Revenue Podcast with your host, John Hewlin. Life is all about relationships, and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world representing many disciplines about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin. And again, so excited to be here with you today. And as you heard from the introduction, I have the one and only Stacy Brown Randall with me. Stacy, how are you today? I'm doing great, John. How are you? Oh, doing much better than I deserve. Much better. <laughs> That's great. Well, folks, as you heard, Stacy mentioned that she is an author. That's right. You know, we have lots of authors on this show, which I absolutely love because you know that books are a big thing for me. I love books. I love holding them in my hand. I love how they smell. I like being able to write in them, highlight them, circle them, and I love to give them away. So hopefully you're going to stick around a little bit later because I may be able to address that. Now, hopefully I've whet your appetite enough for that. Let's talk a little bit more about Stacy and who she is. She is what I call, and I, I don't know if I coined this Stacy or not. If I did, Great. If I didn't, please still use it anyway. You are a generational entrepreneur. That's true. Uh, from the research that I did on Stacy, she's she has all kinds of family members. Your husband is an entrepreneur. Uh, parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, brother, br brother. Okay, we got several in the family. So you are not the first in your family, like I was. Yeah. When I sit around the Thanksgiving table, it's you're weird if you have a W two. <laughs> I love that. I. Just, I, I long for the day when that's the norm. Yes. And that is the norm. Oh, I love that so much. Mm. Oh, I could just, ooh, I could talk on and on and on. That's a separate discussion altogether. All right. So in, in addition to that, besides being an author, you're a speaker, you're a coach. Um, but I would say, and I bet you're going to say the same thing. The two titles that you hold most dear are wife and mama. Yes, absolutely. Um, married almost 18 years. And Congrats. I have, thank you. And I have three kids. My husband's name is Norm. I call him my hottie husband and he hates it. He thinks it's embarrassing. That's because he's like the nicest guy. It's really, really annoying. That's not <laughs> my personality. Um, and then I have three kids. I've got mm. two biological and then we have custody of our nephew. Okay. So we've got our nephew is our oldest at 15. And then our son is 14 and our daughter is 12. And it is a crazy household with drama queen being in middle school and the boys have started high school. I feel uh, uh, entirely uh, too young for the age my children are. And I struggle oh, with that. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And I was probably from my generation, I was an older parent. I didn't become a parent until I was 30. And so I felt kind of old as a parent. But, uh, you know, now I look at some of them. That's how long some people are waiting to have kids. And you're just like, I mean, honest to goodness. I knew somebody the other day, my age, I'm 52, my age, parent for the first time. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Like you just get tireder as you get older. Yes. So I can you don't have imagine. the energy. 
I can only imagine. And, you know, it's funny because it's like they're physically exhausting when they're younger and then they're mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally <laughs> exhausting as they get older. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And that is so much more draining than the physical part. Oh, totally. I mean, you don't know it at the time when you no, no, no. have a couple toddlers, but totally. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you've got all that fire inside of you, all that extra energy. I think that's kind of why God designed us the way he did. It's like our bodies were designed to have kids when we're younger because we have the energy to do it. And then as we get older, we hopefully become wiser. And that's when we become grandparents. And that's the smartest parents are grandparents because they've been through everything by that point. Yeah, that's so true. But I can only imagine if that person had been waiting almost their whole life to be a parent, like glad they got to enjoy it. Yes. Because, or get to experience it versus not. Because whereas we're complaining about it, we wouldn't give it away for anything in the world. <laughs> no, no. And and I will say this. It's once it's gone, you miss it. You miss the chaos. It doesn't sound logical at all, but you do. You miss the chaos. I really doubt I'm going to miss the dishes left in the sink and the shoes. No, 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 no. Not that part. I can't imagine I'm going to miss that. <laughs> no, no, you won't miss that. All right, Stacey. So help us out here. Tell us how you got your start, and how did you become this amazing referral queen? Because it didn't just happen overnight. You know, as most overnight successes, you know, they take a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and a whole lot of mistakes. So how'd you get where you are now? Yeah, so I wish I could say that like one day I woke up and God was like, okay, Stacy, now you're going to be brilliant when it comes to referrals and you're going to be a contrarian and you're going to teach it differently and Off you go. I mean, I think that would be a cool story in and of its own, but definitely learned it from the School of Hard Knocks. Um, I actually had a first business that failed. And when I was reflecting on that business that failed while I was sitting in corporate America as my in my stop in between my layover between business number one and business number two, um, when I was reflecting on like how to build a successful business and what I had done wrong and I why can't I run a business like this is this is crazy. I'm capable and paying attention to how I was going to grow my second business, really one of the big lessons that I learned was understanding how to touch business development every day, but mm. doing it in a way that actually works for you. And I don't mean like actually every single day. That's not what I mean. But I mean, when most people become business owners, a lot of times they get a client and they're so excited and they put their head down mm. and they do the work. And then they look up a few months later and they're like, and the work's done. And they're like, oh, snap, I don't have another client. And then the hustle right. begins, right? That yeah. feast or famine mode, that entrepreneurial mm-hmm. roller coaster kicks in and the highs and lows are dictated about, do you have clients or do you not? And that's a normal, like, so for those of you who are like in your first or second year, please hear me when I say normal ride. It's a normal yes. ride your first or second year. But I was still on it in my fourth year going into my fifth year. And that's not good. And you have to figure out how to get off that roller coaster as fast as possible with some, you know, consistent ways that you're going to bring in clients that you can manage that you can afford and that you can manage from a time capacity. And all I knew was networking. And I could do that all day long and I could do it in my sleep. But at the end of the day, sometimes I, I mean, sometimes I did want to miss bath and bedtime with my kids, but most of the time I wanted to be there. (laughs) And so if you're always networking, right? Like it's just, it's just different. And so I knew I was going to have to figure out a different way to grow my second business. And so I started a productivity. I got certified while in corporate America. I started a productivity and business coaching practice. And I was like, I'm going to get some referrals because I didn't get any in my first business, but I did great work. So obviously I must be capable of doing great work and getting some referrals. Mm. And people who've been in business a while are snickering because they're like, that does not guarantee referrals just because you do great <laughs> business. Oh, it that's for sure. 
it maybe gets you some, but it doesn't get you consistency. Right. And so I was like, okay, I just got to figure out referrals and everything that I found, you know, on Father Google and everywhere else that they teach you that you should go to get advice and all the sales training and everything you can go through teaches you that if you want referrals, you got to do some things that are going to probably make you uncomfortable. And if you're not willing to do them, there's something wrong with you. I mean, that's that's effectively the advice yeah, in a nutshell. Yeah. You've got to be willing to ask. You've got to be willing to play kickbacks. You've got to be willing to be promotional and gimmicky. And you've got to be yeah. willing to network, to be seen, to be known all the time so you can be remembered. Those are the four main ways that we teach people to generate mm-hmm. referrals. And I just remember thinking like, nope, not going to ask. Don't have any money to pay kickbacks. And that doesn't feel like morally correct to me. Um, don't want to be promotional or gimmicky, like not interested in being like really gimmicky and putting in my email signature at the greatest compliment you can give me as a referral. Don't want to do that. And sounds like a real estate agent. Well, you'd be surprised how many financial advisors and consultants and others that have that stuff in their email signatures. And I definitely don't want to network all the time because I've done that. And that doesn't necessarily get you referrals. It may get you new clients, but it's an exhausting way to do it. And so for me, I was like, well, there's got to be a better way. I don't know what it is, but let's see how this will, how this can work. And to be honest with you, John, I didn't know what I was doing. I was throwing spaghetti on the wall. I was yes. like, how do I, I knew to network. So that's how I started my second business. I was very, very cognizant of the fact I would not continue to network to grow the business. I was not going to allow myself to fall into that trap. Um, and so I started doing things. And then I started noticing what was happening. Mm. As I was like bringing on new clients and then I was getting referrals, I just started paying attention to what I was doing and then repeating it. And after my first year as a productivity and business coaching, um, business coach, I ended up receiving 112 referrals that I didn't ask for and didn't pay for or any of the stuff. And then I looked back on where they were coming from and when it was happening and what I was doing. And it was at that point, my clients who I was coaching was like, thanks for teaching us how to manage our inbox and manager calendar, but I would much rather learn how you're getting referrals. And that really forced oh. me to figure out the the what behind it, to reverse engineer the system mm. of what I was doing. And I'll tell you, if you were a client of mine almost 10 years ago, there are some things that I taught then that are still sacred points of what I teach today. Mm. But 10 years later, as you can imagine, we've refined things. We've gotten better at this strategy and system. Yeah. We've dialed it in. We've locked it in. We know how to make referrals survive during a global pandemic for people mm. and ups and downs of the economy. Like it is locked and loaded. That's the benefit of doing it for 10 years. But even in the beginning, there are moments where I'll say something. I'm like, I have been saying this for 10 years. Like I have been teaching this point for 10 years mm-hmm. because referrals come down to relationships. And when you can understand that referrals come from relationships that have to be maintained and you understand that it's your job and your obligation to protect and honor and respect those relationships, then you look at the science behind why referrals happen. And from that point forward, you build the strategy from there. And I believe that is why our strategy is A, so different, but B, so successful. Because we truly do value the relationship we have with the people who refer us. And what Mm. I teach my clients to do is protect the heck out of that and don't exploit it by asking them or like annoying them or like, you know, constantly every time you see them, reminding them that they owe you referrals. No, they don't. Like my number one thing that I always say to folks is you absolutely, if you do great work, you absolutely deserve referrals, but you are not owed them. So Mm. you have to be willing to do a little bit of work to and you can't do the things that make everybody, including yourself, uncomfortable or feeling desperate. Oh, yeah. Uh, the worst feeling in the world is someone asking you for a referral, first of all, that you don't really know. What is that about? Oh, my. I, you and I, I'm sure we could do a, in a separate episode 
just on referral etiquette, I guess. I, I don't know a better way to say it than that, because I'm sorry, if we connect on, pick the social media platform, it doesn't matter which one it is. But if we connect for the first time and the only way we know each other is through other people, you don't have the right in our first conversation to ask me for anything other than, hey, I'd like to get to know you better. Is there a time when we could talk? I could do that. But unfortunately, right. that's not what most people do. They already want something from me. Hey, I have this terrific program. I'm, I go big whoopity do. I, anytime I get one of those, I delete it. Just, nope. Yeah, it's like, because you, you don't get it. You, they you know, don't get it. They don't. And it's interesting because people, that's the biggest problem I see with, with referrals. And the same reason what you're saying is that people are so focused on themselves. Yes. In that moment, you're so focused on yourself that you're just trying to get somebody to show any sense of like, yes, I'll give you a testimonial, even though I don't know you. Or yes, I'll buy your program or want more information about your program, even though I've never heard of you before. Like they're right. just so desperate for somebody to engage and get to a conversation so they can try to make some money that they forget all the etiquette that really goes into a successful relationship. And at the end of the day, like it's what I tell folks when they're like, okay, I've never wanted to ask. But why can't I ask? And I'm always like, because when you're asking, you're artificially creating or manufacturing something that doesn't exist. And the what doesn't exist with referrals is that me knowing somebody who has a need. Like, I yep. got to know somebody who has a need for what you mm -hmm. do. And then I got to trust you to be able to refer them to you. And that's what drives me crazy. Like, I always tell folks it takes two things for a referral to happen. Desire and opportunity. Mm -hmm. Most tactics in referral land today will teach you that you can control both. You can control the opportunity and you can control the desire. And they'll say you control the opportunity by always asking or reminding people that you compensate for referrals or always being seen and reminding mm. them that you're open for referrals and don't keep me a secret. Referrals are the greatest compliment you can give me. So they're telling you to control the opportunity by the things you do right. and then control the desire by being the person, right, that's always in the people's faces, making them think <laughs> about referring you. The problem is with referrals, Opportunity and desire, you really actually only control one of them. You only control desire. And that means it's my desire to pick you to refer to over the thousand or plus people that are your competition. Yeah. And so what I don't control, though, is the opportunity, which means what I need to focus on is the relationship we have so mm -hmm. that the trust can build so that you would feel confident putting your reputation on the line when you do refer to me. That's what I think far too many people, especially when they first go into business for themselves, like the ones who have never done it before, they can, first of all, they confuse referrals with leads, which are not the same thing, not even close to the same. But in addition to that, they're, they'll put it out there. They're not afraid necessarily to ask, but they think just because they're in business, just because I kind of know you, you're automatically obligated, first of all, to do business. And second of all, to refer them I'm like, no, I as an example, uh, I had a guest on the show on quarter, amazing lady. Uh, she's written over 50 books. Uh, she's, she helped write a series with Hal Elrod, uh, the Monday morning or the morning, something to do with the morning. It's the name is escaping me on I apologize if you're listening to this, <laughs> that I did, that I'm not saying the name, right. But I mean, she's an amazing lady and I interviewed her and in my promotion of that particular episode, I put out several clips of her where I highlighted her, you know, and I made sure to mention her name and them, all that sort of thing. She didn't ask me to do that. That's just part of how I do things. And as a result, she gave me an invitation to her mastermind program. I, 
I didn't seek that out. I didn't look for that. But it's because I continued to invest in our relationship that she felt like this is somebody that I want to have in my inner circle. Uh, that I I cried when she sent that to me because nobody's ever done that to for me before, ever. You know, I think it's really powerful and it's something that we easily, easily forget and overlook is this idea that most people come to me and they're like, when people refer me, I need to train them or educate them on who are the best referrals or who are the best clients that they could refer to me. And your story, and though different, not really from a referral perspective, but it just reminds me of the fact that the reality of it is, is I actually don't need to, I need to know what you do, but I don't need to know everything about what you do to refer you because typically I'm referring you because I trust you and I like you. And yes, I trust you to help my client. I'm not going to send them to someone I think is crap, right? Right. But at the end of the day, I probably don't know everything about how you work with clients or what you ultimately do. I mean, some people refer to me and they're like, I think she has a book and some online courses. And I'm like, and a group coaching program. Um, and a VIP day, like, and they're, but the reality of it is, is that they need to know enough about the fact that they like you is actually the biggest driver to actually referring you, not that you are the best financial advisor that they possibly refer to, which is probably mind blowing for a lot of people to be like, wait, they don't actually have to know hundred percent of what I do and all the things that I do to refer me. Like, no, because they don't remember those anyways. What they remember is that it's how you treat them. Absolutely. Right. And that and the relationship they have with you. Same thing with her. Right. Yeah. It's, it's how you treated her. It's how you invested in that relationship that she did something like that. Um, and that's huge. Mm-hmm. And it actually really comes down to it's. I always tell my clients when we can impact how our referral sources feel about us and mm-hmm. how I want them to feel about me or feel about you is I want them to feel thanked and taken care of and that what they do matters and that we don't overlook it. Right. Mm. I want them to feel that way, because when we can impact how our referral source feel, we then earn the opportunity to direct how they think. And that's when the what we do and the language that we use ultimately creates a strategy that is respectful of the relationship and taking care of them. Because I truly believe I should take care of the people who take care of my business. It's kind of crazy to think that you wouldn't. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And oh. Getting back to my earlier point about young entrepreneurs, meaning young in their business, not necessarily in age. When you give a referral, it is extremely important to remember, please, if you guys hear nothing else today from me, hear this. When you give a referral, your reputation goes with it every single time. And if the referral goes wrong, it is on you to help make it right. In my 22 plus years of being in business, I've had a referral go wrong one time, only once. And in 12 hours, it was made right. And I never referred that person again, ever. Oh, know, I, John doesn't play because that's, you know, that's, that's a lot of is, work to get your reputation, a lot. Yeah, there is a lot. You know, when people think about referrals, you know, one of the things we always say is you don't always control everything that's going to happen, right? You just don't. But the people you're referring clients or prospects or other people to, you just have to know that the type of people that will make it right. Right. I mean, sometimes people refer to me and then they decide to join one of my programs or something. And then an email that they're supposed to get that gives them their username and password lands in their spam and it Mm. doesn't land where they want it to. That's no one's fault. Right. I mean, actually, probably the inbox's fault. If it's anyone's fault, it's technology's (laughs) fault. Right. Right. Um, But the reality of it is, is that I don't ever expect anyone I refer to to have a perfect experience every single time. That's asking something that's not that no human is capable of. But definitely refer to people that you know can make it right and will make it right. 
Yes. Um, and we'll do the right thing. But that doesn't mean that it'll go perfectly every single time right. um, that you refer to someone. Um, and I think that that's important to remember when people are referring to you and they're referring you not your ideal clients. You know, it's, it's understanding what do you do with that client when they're referred to you, but they're not ideal and you can't help them. How do you mm-hmm. keep moving them along to find someone who can help them? Like, how do you yes. close that loop? And what does that process look like? All those things are strategies and processes you need to have in place so you know what to do when those things happen because you won't close every client that's referred to you and you mm-hmm. won't have every client that is referred to you be an ideal client you can help. So you got to have processes in place. Oh, for sure. In fact, I would say of the referrals that I get, I'll just call it uh, rejection, whether they end up rejecting me or I reject them. It probably happens 75% of the time. And it's usually me rejecting them, not because they're bad, but because I know they're not a good fit for me. But just a part of my process and how I do things, I don't leave them hanging. I give them at least one, usually two other people to refer them to. And, it's, and I tell them, it's like, here's their contact information. This is when you talk to wait a day. Let me get in touch with them first and let them know to be expecting to hear from you. But most of the time when I refer them, my referral partners will contact the potential client ahead of time. Yeah. The only change I would make to that step is you connecting the two of them together. There are times when I do that. And there's other times when I run out of, I just don't have the opportunity to be able to do that, to make that connection initially. But probably now I didn't do that at first. That's something I do much more now. Yeah. So it's probably about 85% of the time now. It's like, hey, so-and-so, here's my referral. I would call my competition. I call them my referral partners because I don't view them as competition anyway. Right. Never have, well, never will. I don't think of them that way. Well, and that's just as you're coming from a mindset of abundance. There's enough Trying work for to all. anyway. Yeah. Trying there's, to. there's enough work <laughs> for all of us. Yeah. All right, Stacey, we cannot go this whole time without talking about your book. So okay, tell us about, about the book. What's it about? Who's it for? Why is it important? It's for everybody in the whole wide world. Totally <laughs> kidding. It is not. <laughs> so the book is called Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. It's available wherever books are sold. Um, I teach. And when you think about helping a client build a referable business, there are actually 18 different strategies that I teach as what we kind of refer to as foundational, situational, or next level. And they're kind of broken down in those categories. Some you learn the language once and then you just deploy it when you need it, that being situational. But the foundational, we have three strategies that we The first one is if you have people referring you now, it's the existing referral source strategy, how to get more referrals from the people referring you now or have recently referred you. Um, And then we have potential referral sources. That is the people who you wish were referring you. Like, oh, that client loved me, had amazing results. I really wish they would refer me. It's what you do to turn your clients and contacts into, cultivate them into referral sources. And then making sure you actually have a referable client experience. Mm. The book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, is actually based on that first strategy, the existing referral source. Mm -hmm. It, of course, goes into why I believe you shouldn't ask for referrals and what happens when you do some of those old school triggers like asking or compensating. And then it Mm -hmm. talks about kind of like the steps to follow, the five steps to follow when you have people referring you. Um, Mm. I am working on my second book, which is the (laughs) referable client experience, which is another one of the foundational strategies. And eventually, maybe I'll write a third book and it'll be about the other one. You know, but we have tons of resources online for those other ones. But the book is actually based on if you have people referring you, Mm -hmm. this is going to towards the 
second half of the book is going to give you the five steps of what you do to identify them, to thank them, and then to cultivate more referrals from them by following our referral plan methodology. And then the how do you create an, an automated, not, not that everything can be automated, but how do you create a system and a process and a strategy around it so that it happens um, and mm. then tracking. And so that's what the book is for. So I always tell folks, if you have people referring you, the book is great. But what I've also found is that people who aren't sure if they have people referring them or not, the book mm. will teach you exactly how to identify if you do or if you don't and what to mm. do about it as well. So it's okay. a great start for folks. And, you know, if you're not a book reader, you're like, I don't want to hold it. In. I'm like you, I want to hold it in my hands. But if you don't want to hold it in your hands, there's an e-reader version and there's an mm. um, an audible, an audiobook version as well. And I read it. So it took me forever, but I am actually <laughs> the voice of my own book. That's great. That's great. Yeah. That's funny that you mentioned that second book, because I was going to ask you if there was one coming, but I'll go ahead and ask the second part of that question. When can we expect that? Yeah, John, I wish I had an answer to that. <laughs> I'm going to have to take a lifeline to God and ask him when he sees it actually happening, because I've been writing it since before 2020, and it's now about to be 2023, yeah. and it's still not done. So I'm being full transparency. Writing a second book has been a journey I did not anticipate, one that mm. I have found to be really easy to just ignore and act like it doesn't exist. Uh -huh. um, there's definitely been some that imposter syndrome of, oh my gosh, can I write a second book that is good yeah. as the first book? Um, the first book's won three awards. I think that sticks nice. in my head a lot. Of like, sure. oh my gosh, what if people read this one? And they're like, this stinks compared to her first book. So it doesn't matter because who it's supposed to reach, it'll reach. And who it's supposed to work for, it'll work for. And I just keep reminding myself of that every time I get ready to finish it. But I did tell my husband, if I'm still talking about this at the end of 2023, we just need to like put the second book to bed and be like, we're not doing it. One book, that's all we have. We'll do a second edition. Okay. Well, let me encourage you with that second book. Uh, because based upon your description of the first book, I would say the second one is a fantastic complement to the first oh. one. Oh, yes. And... I think it would be a great next step for folks who are just starting to understand the referral process and what it takes to do it in a non-icky way. Right. Because we've seen the icky ways so many times. Uh, folks, if you've been in business for yourself, you know the icky ways of referrals. You just do. Uh, let's not get into that. But uh, that next step about identifying sources that aren't giving you referrals, which is a huge one. It's so important not only to be able to identify those, but to be able to for lack of a better term, to turn them to becoming referral partners. Yeah, we talk about cultivating them into referral. Uh, and we call them referral sources, referral partners works too. And yeah, mm -hmm. so that book would be book number three. Um, but it is, they all the foundational processes. I always tell folks, a lot of people come into my world and have success with one of those foundational strategies. And that's all they need to get all the referrals yeah. they want and to have the success they're looking for. Others need a combination of those three foundational strategies. But everybody starts there, and that's why the books are centered around them. Okay. So let's say someone has gotten a hold of your book, and they really dig it, and they're like, okay, Stacy is for me. I know it. I know it that I know it. So what's a next logical step to working with you? Yeah, so we like to be super transparent about the ways that people can work with me, and we recognize that, you know, how you want to work with somebody is deeply personal as to what's going to get you the ROI you are looking for. Um, it's like saying it, that an online course is not for everybody. So when yeah. you go to our website, stacybrownrandall.com, 
And you can click on the programs tab or you can scroll down to the middle of the page and it's right there. It talks about the programs that we have. It talks about some of our signature online programs, our group coaching program. Um, because some folks are like, I need accountability and I want yeah. access to all the strategies, all 18, not just one or two through an online program. And then yeah. we have what we call um, our VIP day, which most people think this is crazy, but by, and it is our, like, obviously that is our highest level investment is to do a VIP day with me because I come to you. Um, mm. But what's really cool about that is that having somebody answer an assessment about where they are in their business and where they are with their referrals, I can very, very quickly know exactly what pieces of each of my strategies I need to pull together and customize a referral strategy for you based on where you are to get you fastest to implementation. So there's something nice. for everyone. You, you want to do it yourself, self-study. There's an online program. You want to do it in a group and have 12 months to get through everything. Great. You want to do it as fast as possible with complete access to me. And we've got it in a day as well. So we like to work with people how they want to consume information and how they want to work through implementation. So it's all right there on our website. Okay. Now, do you offer any sort of one-on-one -on -one coaching that's beyond the VIP day, like an ongoing kind of relation? No, not anymore. Not since I shifted the business okay. from the productivity and business coaching and shifted it just to um, just focusing on referrals. Um, okay. We do that though. I would say the closest that we have to the one-on-one -on -one coaching package, right? It's probably, it's the group coaching mm -hmm. um, because there are, you do get like one-on-one -on -one time is built into through an onboarding and then milestone calls throughout your year with me. There is one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one time built in, in addition to group sessions that happen weekly for Q&A. Oh, okay. Great. It's Great. the most hands-on over time, I guess gotcha. I would say. Sure. Yeah, and that, right. the group coaching is called Building a Referrable Business. Um, and that's, that's the one that I think for people who are like, I don't need to go super fast, so I don't need referrals in a day, but yeah. I don't want to do it myself in an online program. Um, the, the group coaching, building a referable business is super popular. And typically, how many groups do you have going at any one time? So we actually have one group that goes, but we don't take on, like you'll never be in building a referable business with 50 or 100. We keep the group okay. small, um, somewhere in that range of like 25 to 35 people at a time, okay. but they're all at different points in their year long journey. Um, you can renew when you're done, but that's not the point. The point yeah. is for you to get everything you need in that one year, build your strategies, have plenty of time for implementation, and then mm -hmm. have a successful first year to double, triple, mm -hmm. or quadruple your referrals in that one year. And then you graduate. Like it is okay, okay. to move on and graduate yeah. and keep the strategy going. Um, that's how we have it built. So people are, you know, we're cycling people in when someone finishes, bringing people in. Um, mm -hmm. But we keep that group small because I intimately know all the business owners in that group and I know mm -hmm. what their struggles are. I know if they have a team, what the team structure is. Sometimes yeah. their team members are on the calls with them when we're doing stuff. And so it's got to stay small on purpose. Sure, sure. I get that. Yeah. And you also have a podcast. I do. The podcast right now is named Roadmap to Grow Your Business. Okay. But at the beginning of 2023, it will change. We haven't Ooh. released the name. Very oh, no, excited. not here. We don't get that. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll have to tune prepared. in to find out. Yes, but we can update it. Depending on when this goes live, we can update it on the show notes. Wait. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So we've got that coming out. So without revealing anything that you can't right now, just fill folks in on the podcast as a whole. What is it that you oh, yeah. do with it? Um, do you have guests on? I mean, what direction do you go with that? Yes. So I have been doing the podcast for four years now. I think we're mm. around episode 200. I don't know. I think we're closing in on like episode 240. 
That's great. Um, yeah. So I think it's probably the only thing I've done consistent, consistently in my life for four years is drop a new episode every single Tuesday. That's fantastic. I don't know what that says about me, good or bad, but podcasts are a matter of work, as you know. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud of that. Um, but I would say about 75 to 80% of the time, I'm talking about the exact same things that you and I talked about. Um, I'm talking about referrals. I am talking yeah. about how you grow referrals in a sustainable and consistent way that you feel good about. Um, you will be introduced to people that have gone through my programs that have from different walks of life, different stages in their business, different types of results they were ultimately after. Um, I do a lot of teaching. Most of my episodes are solo. I very rarely have a guest on. And when I do, it's typically a client and they're typically sharing something they learned or mm. something I think that they teach that my audience needs to know in addition oh, okay. to the they had working with me. Um, but we are we are full on into the world of helping people grow their business and build a referable business. That's fantastic. Um, I would be remiss on this podcast if I didn't bring up the subject of relationships, although we have hinted at it throughout. Yes. But what I really want to know is this. I believe that life is all about relationships and we get out of them exactly what we put into them. So what are you doing to build into your most significant relationships at home and how do those relationships impact your business? Oh my gosh, that is a loaded question. It was meant to be. It's a good one. (laughs) It's a good one. It's a good one. Okay, so I'll start first with my marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think that I got really lucky. I mean, maybe lots of people are lucky like this, but I got really lucky as I married a man who was like, okay, we're going to get married and we're going to do this once which means we are making a conscious decision to fight for our marriage every yes. single day and every single month and every single Love year. That. So yeah, I got, I, I married well. Um, go Norm. Says, Way to yeah. go, buddy. Proud of you, man. Norm. Seriously. I'm not, that's not BS. I mean that deeply. Yeah. Norm always says, I, he goes, I married up and I'm like, well, I married well. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like so we are really intent. Uh, so we know we can tell this. Our best years are the years where we get away together quarterly, and so we try mm-hmm. to make sure we do that. He used to own a restaurant for fifteen years. Okay. You know, our kids are still in their middle school and teenage years, so you can imagine what the last last fifteen years looked like with the restaurant and all the the mm-hmm. kids and everything. But we we can consistently point to some years that were like that was a great year for us because we got away. Yeah. So we consistently try to do that. And then with the kids, you know, it's funny when they were younger. I would tell you I was like nailing best mom because mm. I had read all the books. I knew all the things. I But they got to be teenagers and having brains. And I was like, I am not <laughs> equipped. For them. I am not equipped for them having an opinion and having a brain and it not being fully formed. Some, sometimes they are ridiculous. Right, so right. I do a lot of reading and mm. I do a lot of um, like one of my favorite books that I read is what the Bible and the brain says about raising boys. Oh, Okay, well, we're going to have to reference that in there because John needs to read that. Oh, my God, it's so good because I got two. I have a daughter, too, but I've got two boys. And I was like, it explained a lot of things that drive first. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing is, is, and this is like, this isn't something I think that everybody can do or everybody has the privilege probably to be able to do. But um, I've been on a journey of the last couple of years to truly like, now I wouldn't say pull back, but I would say like do less and streamline what I offer and how I work with people and the boundaries I have in place to where I can still make, right, the type of company money I want to make, but I can work less hours. Mm, because the minute great. you decide to raise a child that is not biologically yours and that comes into your household, um, Danny, our nephew, came into our household at seven and a half. He's now 15. 
when you bring a child into the household, they just need different things. And what my children need most for me when I walk through the door is for me not to be so tired and exhausted from work that Mm -hmm. they get the leftover crap that I have. And so I work really hard and my husband does too. I mean, he's in a different position now. He doesn't have his restaurant anymore. But we work really hard to try to not be exhausted. And, and I have the benefit because I own my own business to craft it in a way and run the schedule in a way and only take on so much in a day so that when mm-hmm. I walk through that door at three o'clock when the first one gets home or be there at four o'clock to pick up one from wrestling and five o'clock to get one from baseball or six o'clock to get one from theater, <laughs> whatever, that I can be present and I'm not biting their heads off because I'm so very And I think mm-hmm. they won't probably know that this is something that mom was intentional about. I don't know if they'll ever be able to look back on it um, and say that that's what I did, but I know that's what I'm being called and told to do. And mm-hmm. it was, and I fought it. Like I didn't, I was not the obedient <laughs> child that was like, okay, God, I fought it. And then finally I was like, okay. And you know what he's done? He's blessed my business mm-hmm. throughout the way mm-hmm. because I was willing to say, I'm going to put my exhaustion level on hold of trying to grow the empire and right. really make sure I'm giving my kids what they Perfect. Who's investing in you right now and how are you investing in yourself? Yes. So um, I have some very close, what we call business besties relationships. And I think those are really critical for you to have someone you can pick up the phone and call and you don't have to explain anything about your business because they're on this journey with you. And same, they don't have to explain anything about their business or their marriage or their children because you are talking on a regular basis and you're filling in someone on all the things. Um, And that continual communication, like actually one of my best friends, I mean, became a best friend because of business, came into town with me for two days because I was putting on a retreat. And she was like, she offered, she's like, I'm coming. I'm going to just be your extra set of hands. I know you need it. Nice. So it was just amazing. She came down from Michigan and she was here for Charlotte for two days. So that's one thing that I'm really cognizant about. And we Mm. talk every week. There's very, besides my mother and obviously the people in my house, there and my mother-in-law, there are probably very few other people I talk to every single week. Mm -hmm. But those business besties are important. And then investing in myself, um, I do a lot of reading. I don't read nearly as much as I used to, but I do read. um, And I'm actually in um, a couple of masterminds. And I think that helps as well, kind of like investing in myself to be in those relationships and those in communities with people. I think that's really important. Absolutely. Now, folks, I told you to pay attention. Now we're getting to this point where I'm going to say it. Stacey has a book and she is going to be kind enough to sign a book for us to be able to give away. So this is how you get it. Once this episode airs, if you you have to take a picture of you reading it, it shows the uh, the podcast episode on your screen, post that to Instagram. And on Instagram, you have to tag Stacy and you have to tag me both. When you do that, I'll take your information in and we will get that book sent directly to you, signed from Stacy. Gift from us to you. Yes, that's awesome. And Instagram for me is my full name. So it should be easy. Stacy Brown Randall. Yes, you're very easy to find, which is great. <laughs> Some people aren't, but you are. So that's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We're getting close to wrap up time here. Um, I want to ask one more important question. And then we have a final four. There are four quick questions. You can tell me the first thing pops in your head. So here's the final question. What is your number one go to have to have habit every day? I feel bad saying it this way because you said habit, which is supposed to be a good thing. And this is not necessarily a good thing, but it is my Starbucks. Until I get my own espresso machine, I do really enjoy my trip to Starbucks. It's like a, as my uh, uh, the nutritionist I worked with said, it's an emotional experience you do every day, Stacey, regardless <laughs> of the calories. <laughs> 
Well, to be honest, I don't know that calories are your problem. So thank you very much for that. But, you know, (laughs) getting older and everything matters more. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. It does. Do you have any parting thoughts for us before we get to the final four? Yeah, I think we said all the things. Let hit me with those four. Okay, let's do that. We're going to jump to our final four. Again, there are four quick questions. Tell me the first thing pops in your head. Oh, boy. All right. Number one, why did God create Stacy? Gosh, let somebody answer this stuff easily and quickly. I was gonna some, say some people don't like the God reference, so I say, okay, what's your I love purpose? It. Why are nope. you here? Nope, I love it. Um, he needed one extra person on the planet that could be charmingly sarcastic. I love that answer. Thank you so much. It's it's so refreshing to have someone who will actually be honest. Thank you <laughs> for doing that. I love it. What are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Um, right now I just started a happy pocket full of money book. Okay. And I'm still, I know it's not a book I would ever expect to read. My mastermind recommended it. I read everything they recommend. Oh, nice. So it's a happy pocket full of money. And um, our mastermind just finished up reading most of us reading Quantum Success, which is not a book I ever thought I would read. But I find, <laughs> I think growth comes in many. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, number three, what do you do for fun? Either yourself, with your hubby, your family. Well, sleeping takes the priority most of the time. <laughs> Amen. Lots of sleeping. Yeah. Um, yes. But anytime I can get out of town with Norm, that is my happy place. Yeah. Now that I don't love my children, but alone time with Norm, he is my favorite person. No, it, your your kids need you to have that alone time with him. They absolutely need that. They also need to know they're not number one. Right. They need they, to know that. Yes. Sorry. That's speaking as a parent. So I understand. Yep. Uh, number four. What are you most grateful for? Oh, my gosh. I think I am most grateful for all the blessings that I have received in life, but specifically very, very, very blessed and grateful for finding Norm and being married to him and um, having a life together. I love that. Mm, That's so good. So good. Yeah. Do do me a favor. I realize we're recording this, but do me a favor. Tell Norm that today. Oh, he knows it. Words of affirmation is his love language. Okay. Well, if if you wouldn't mind, do that for me. I'll do it again. Yes. Just because that's you. that's one of mine too. So I get it. Yeah. So I, I totally understand. Well, Stacy, thank you so much for your time, uh, for investing in me, in us, in our journey to learning what it is to do proper referral giving, then receiving. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you to all of you for tuning in today. As you know, you have invested your most precious resource, and that's your time, and I don't take that lightly. So thanks so much for being here, and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening, and remember, passion gets you started purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.